Hello and welcome to another episode of Who Knew in the Moment the podcast. I'm your host, Phil Friedrich, and today is part three, uh, talking through my journey, my story, and some of the things that uh, I've been able to accomplish and really kind of how I've gotten to where I'm at today. So um, in in the last part two uh, conversation, I had just kind of wrapped up uh, coaching basketball, and so there's an important piece uh, that happened right before that. And so inside of our financial planning firm, um, I was doing two different things. One is I run my financial planning practice, which is what I spend the majority of my time doing. But there was a second component where I help in our leadership side, coaching and developing leaders. And um, I was in Lincoln, things were going well, I was living with my friends, I was close to Seward, where some of the rental properties were, I was close to Seward for coaching. Um, And an opportunity in Lincoln came up and it was to uh, go and have a higher leadership role than what I had had in Lincoln. And the gentleman that um, hired me to go there was the person that had hired me in Lincoln and he called and said, Phil, you know, I think this would be a great opportunity for you. And at the time, I really had no idea why um, I would leave Lincoln. I was with my friends. It, it didn't make sense personally, but business wise, I felt like, hey, this was a really wise choice and, and I should do that. So I started the process of looking what it would look like to move to Omaha. And I didn't know any different. I just kind of thought, hey, if I decided I wanted to go, that's the way it would work. And it ended up being this very, um, we'll just say dramatic situation in which it was more like a uh, negotiation where they had to buy out my contract and they had to move me there. And one of the things that I learned in doing that was make sure we are crystal clear in our communication. (laughs) So I thought everything had been worked out. I thought everything was extremely clear. Uh, The reality was we weren't quite as clear as what we had thought um, along the way. And so there were people that end up needing things done. So a great takeaway from me there was be clear in our communication, talk about things up front. It's always easier to talk about them in the beginning than it is to wait until uh, the back end to try and refigure those items out. So I end up moving to Omaha and I I didn't know any better. Um, I probably only knew like five people in Omaha at the time, but I was excited about a bigger city. Uh, I was excited about what it could mean. Now you also have to understand, I had zero intention of ever living in Nebraska. Uh, I like cities, uh, not mega cities, but bigger cities. And I always thought, hey, I'm going to leave. I'm going to move. But because of coaching, because of rentals, because of um, you know, my business, uh, it just made sense to stay in Nebraska. So one of the things that happened, uh, financially in the conversation was I was working with a potential client out in New York and we were going through his budget. And he says to me, Phil, um, I, I spend about $4,600 a month in rent. And, you know, mind you, I'm a young 20 year old. And so living in Nebraska, I hear 4600 a month. I'm like, man, this guy must have the most immaculate house uh, one could even imagine. And <laughs> what what ended up happening is he says, no, Phil, it's like a one bed, one bath, but I've got a washer and dryer in my unit. Um, and so I don't have to use the commons washer and dryer. And I sat there and I thought to myself and I go, man, in Nebraska, $4,600 goes a really long way. 
maybe I will live here in Nebraska. And then what I will do is I will take a trip each month uh, where I can just go enjoy a new city, see friends in different cities, see clients. And so that's what I've continued to do um, for me, just being able to travel, go see places, see people, um, strengthen relationships with folks that are far away. That's a really important piece uh, in my life as, as I've been able to grow and develop relationships. Now, as I've started to progress through the business, um, one of the things that scared me the most about running any business was what happens if I don't get a paycheck, right? What if business doesn't go well? And I think that's true for a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of people that start businesses is the fear is the financial component, right? Like what if there's no one that's owning the company that just elects to pay me a certain amount every week or every two weeks. So one of the things that I knew was, hey, if I'm consistently closing new business opportunities, I will be able to always have pay come in. At the time, there was this guy named Kyle in our business and Kyle was probably at like, 100 weeks of consecutive business submitted. And I just remember seeing that number and thinking, holy cow, this guy is is a legend, right? I mean, 100 weeks in a row of writing new business. And so I reached out to Kyle and I said, Kyle, hey, I would love to learn a little bit about what it is that you've done and how you've done that. And so he was willing, gracious to take 20 minutes out of his schedule. And I remember I was sitting in Seward, uh, between meetings and he just kind of walked me through. He goes, hey, I'm just always opening up opportunities. And so that was something I elected to do. Now, we hear it all the time in books, podcasts, uh, you know, different interviews that consistency, you know, doing what you don't or doing what you need to do when you don't want to do it is what leads to long term success. Uh, being willing to do the uncommon thing is what leads to long term success. And so in this business, uh, one of the things that I've consistently done is try to make sure that there's a new opportunity for a business each and every week. And <clears throat> as I've done that, I remember when I hit the 100 week mark and then I hit the 200 week mark and then I hit the 300 week mark and 400 weeks and it just kind of kept going. And the question I get so frequently is, Phil, how the heck do you do that? And similar to what you've heard before, I always think it's doing the small things each and every day, even when you didn't want to do it. So sometimes that means for me having to make a phone call to a new potential client when really that day I don't want to do that. Or it means, you know, reaching back out um, to somebody to see if they were interested in what we talked about. And so that was a really important piece for me is kind of mitigating some of the risk of being an entrepreneur and saying, all right, how can I make sure I consistently have business going in? And so anyone listening that's done business with us, we thank you so much. Um, you know, we're at a little like right around nine, a little over nine years uh, in a row. So every week for over the last nine years of new business submitted. And once again, it's a testament to our clients, the folks we get to work with, but it's also a testament to doing the small things daily that maybe you didn't even want to do in that moment, but you knew it was going to be in the best interest of your business. So being consistent, being diligent, I think that's a very important attribute. Now, when I moved to Omaha, um, it was kind of this interesting thing, right? I didn't know a lot of people. I wanted to grow my business. I was taking on a new role, a bigger role. <clears throat> Simultaneously, um, I met this couple 
and their names are Josh and Karen. Uh, I had gotten invited to go to a church service and uh, I, I went to uh, that service or that uh, encounter and had an opportunity to meet them. And Josh and I just kind of hit it off at a uh, at a small group later on. And he ends up inviting me to his Bible study. And I told him, I go, you know, Josh, I really appreciate the invite, uh, but I, I don't really think Bible studies are for me, man. And he goes, Phil, I've never led you astray. Just trust me. So I showed up and there's about five or six of us that showed up that day. And it was just a really good conversation where we talked about things that mattered, uh, the in-depth conversations. Well, from that, um, of a series of random events um, between coaching and whatnot, uh, I meet one of my best friends, Jake, and he and I are just kind of chatting one day, and we're having this conversation at the Bible study, and he says something along the lines of, hey, I'm not great at daily reading my Bible. Well, like you just heard, discipline and consistency is one of my better attributes, and so I said, well, I read mine every day. I'll just send him a text every day when I get done with my daily takeaway. And that was a just kind of a random thing. But I figured, hey, I'm already doing the work. Like, I might as well share it with somebody. And so that really kind of started Jake and I on this daily communication thing where uh, we were able to just kind of talk about whatever is going on in life and opportunities. And as we were going to the same church, uh, we started to grow and started to do more and more. And so one of the things that I've really found as I reflect back on, um, you know, the first part when I said, hey, I wouldn't have ever picked that basketball outcome for my college experience. Um, moving to Omaha, everyone thought I was crazy. They said, hey, you're throwing your career down the gutter. Mind you, I also had my worst year uh, in production when I moved from Lincoln to Omaha. It's just a tough transition, not knowing people, taking on new opportunities, uh, new experiences. And so it was this interesting dynamic where about eight months into it, I was like, did I make a mistake? Like, maybe I'm not supposed to be in Omaha, Nebraska. Well, what I found was the reason that I ended up needing to be in Omaha was because this is where my faith life was going to flourish. Um, it gave me an opportunity to just grow. It gave me an opportunity to make my faith life my own. It wasn't you know, necessarily something that was passed down from my parents or my family anymore. I wasn't doing things out of obligation. It was like, no, this is really something I want to pursue. And so as I say all of that, um, you know, it's kind of wild to look back on it because I think as we're going through a moment, right, the podcast, we, we just don't know where it's going to lead us. And for me, that was a true statement. I, I felt like I had made the wrong choice. I was in a new city. I didn't have a bunch of friends. I was having to really be social, go out, meet new people. Um, but God needed me to get here to grow in me. And so I'm so thankful for everyone, you know, OC, Pastor Todd, um, you know, Josh, Brett, Jake, you know, all the people have just done so much work pouring into me, helping me grow um, in my faith life as a leader. And what I found is that um, a lot of leadership principles were biblical. And so that's really helped me grow as a leader as well. Um, you know, just kind of seeing, hey, how do I best serve the people that I get to work with, whether that's our clients, whether that's people that I coach, whether that's my friends. Um, that's been a really important piece of my life. Now, 
the real estate side of things continues to grow, um, usually buying a couple properties a year. It's never been something that I've fully jumped into, but it's opened up a lot of doors for me. Um, as we've grown the real estate side of things, people have questions. Hey, how the heck did you do that? And one of the things that I love to do most is get the opportunity to speak. And so um, usually a few times every semester, with a few different teachers, they'll invite me into their class to speak on different uh, ideas and concepts. And it's it's such a cool piece of the pie because one of my biggest passions is helping with financial literacy at young individuals' ages. Um, you know, it was something that I was always intrigued by, but it wasn't necessarily something that people led me to. Um, I kind of just wanted to go self-figure it out. And so I started to do a lot of research and navigating of what that looks like. So as I'm, you know, getting these opportunities to speak, it's starting to grow this desire for me to speak more and do different events. And so I've had the opportunity to go speak um, on leadership, speak on business practices, speak on being a young leader in a business and how to grow that. And <clears throat> that helped me once again, kind of figure out how do you figure, find goals? What are you doing? And when I was probably 24, 25, um, a leader in our firm said, hey, you should write a five-year vision. And when I was 24, I mean, five years, like I could barely see what that would look like, right? It was so far out there. I didn't really know what I wanted. I knew certain things I didn't want, but I didn't really know what I wanted. So I said, all right, I'll write it. Now, <clears throat> one of the most beneficial pieces of the pie to me was I had all these different goals. And as they say, if you don't know where you want to go, you'll end up there. And if you do know where you want to go, you'll probably get close to ending up there too. So it's really just a matter of intentionality. Where are we trying to go? What are we already doing? And I started to write these five-year goals. Well, I'm, I love to work if you haven't heard that already. And so what I decided to do was, all right, every November, I'm going to take a trip. And in my November trip, I'm going to do planning. I'm going to set my goals for the next year. I'm going to dive into what didn't necessarily work in the previous year. And we're going to continue to move the ball downfield, continue to move forward. Well, <clears throat> fast forward to 2020. Um, good friends of mine, Jason and Rebecca, uh, I said, hey, I'm going out to Colorado. Would you want to come with me for my goal plan? And I go, during the day, I'm not very much fun. I'm just kind of dialed in. But at night, it'd be fun to do dinner and drinks, hanging out. And they were so kind to say yes. So we head out to Colorado and their son gets to come with us, Briar. And so we're heading out to Colorado. And as we're driving out there, I'm a very curious person. So I'm just asking a bunch of questions. And uh, we're talking through Jason's story, how he's ended up where he's at, all these different things. And from the back, Rebecca goes, have you ever thought about starting a podcast? And the reality was I had started thought about starting a podcast. And the reality also was um, I listened to podcasts all the time. And so people were always saying, man, you always have these quotes. You always have these phrases. I go, I know I listen to a lot of content. Well, anyway, I said, you know what? I'm going out for my goal planning. Maybe I should just start this darn thing. So uh, my goal while I was out there is I said, all right, I want to create 10 podcasts in 2021. So that was my goal, 10 podcasts over the course of a year. 
I, I made a list of people in my circle that I thought um, would be good people to have on the podcast. Well, the second part is you have to have a theme to a podcast. So at the same moment in time, um, I was reading this book called The Power of Moments. Um, and Power of Moments really highlighted why certain moments in our life stand out to us. And so that got me really thinking. Uh, I love people's stories. I'm intrigued by, yeah, why do we remember certain moments and why do we forget or not really remember other moments? And so I decided, all right, that's going to be the context of the show. Uh, let's highlight people's stories and highlight the specific or pivotal moments that really stood out to them in their journey. So I reached out to all the different people. Some were game to be on. Some were like, yeah, you know, maybe down the road. And I knew nothing about podcasting. Uh, I I didn't have a microphone. The very first episode, shout out to Mr. Brett Byman, a good friend of mine. Uh, we sat down. We had a cocktail, I think more so to clear my nerves than anything. And we recorded from my phone. Uh, there was no visual. There was no uh, lighting. There was no uh, neat uh, microphone. It was just purely he and I talking through his story. So we have an absolute riot with it. Um, I was like, man, this is great. Like, I love asking questions. I love hearing people's stories. I love diving deeper. So my goal was to have 10 episodes, of course, of the year. And I got to about the eighth episode recording. I was like, well, if I just record all 10, I can just release them throughout the year. And on about the eighth episode, and this isn't the eighth episode's uh, person, so don't go back and be like, who was episode eight? Uh, the person said to me, Phil, you know, I, I appreciate this. Um, when will it be getting released? And I said, you'll probably be released in like September. And the person goes, hey, just go ahead and delete this episode. Then I don't want to have to wait that long for the content. And I go, oh, no, I didn't really think about that. Like, yeah, maybe these people <laughs> want the information sooner. So uh, I decided, well, maybe I just release them at a higher frequency than once a month. And it was funny because in hindsight, I'm like, well, you could have just reordered things, <laughs> but I didn't. I said, all right, we're just going to release at a higher frequency. So we started to do one a week. As the podcast started to grow, um, you know, listeners were increasing. Uh, people were reaching out to come on. I said, well, maybe we should increase the frequency of uh, podcasts. And so we went to two a week. It was both on Tuesdays and on Fridays. And a gentleman that I met through podcasting said, you know, hey, try it. And if your viewership goes way down, you're, you're releasing too much content. Um, if it stays the same, keep doing it. If it goes up, well, that's a clear indicator people want more. So I started to do Tuesdays and Fridays and the viewers about doubled um, from having Tuesdays and Fridays. So I did that for a period of time. Then uh, I decided, well, maybe I'll try three a week. And I did try three a week for a while and it got to be just too much to handle. Um, so we brought it back down to two. And that was our cadence for 2021, 2022. And then 2023, there's just been a lot more real estate things going on. And so I tapered it back down to one per week. But it was amazing to see just kind of like the first few episodes, you know, a lot of friends and uh, people that I'm close, you know, connected with were probably really excited. And then the excitement kind of wears off and there's still these other, you know, thousand uh, podcasts, but a lot of people continued to listen and a lot of people started to join new. 
Uh, and there's these analytics that you can look at. And it's just fun to see where people are listening. You know, 4% of our listeners come from Italy uh, on, a, on a regular basis. You know, 5% come from Mexico. And you go, I don't even really know people that live in these <laughs> locations. Uh, but it was fun. Or it's been fun. And it's continuing to be fun. Now, I have to give a shout out on the podcast side. Uh, Amber just does an amazing job. She creates all of our visual work. So shout out to Amber. You are the greatest. Um, now, as we're looking at, you know, the story and how it continues to unfold, um, one of the things that I have to attribute, you know, a lot of just my joy in life to is my relationships. Uh, you know, I'm not married today. I don't have kids. And so for me, uh, I've been the fun uncle Phil to a lot of my friends' uh, kiddos. And that has been one of the biggest joys of my life is just getting to be close with my friends, getting to be a support system for them, help their kids grow. And hopefully that just continues to happen because it's been just an amazing experience for me and a really fun opportunity. You know, we get together and I think of Jason and Rebecca and Daniel and Krista and Sean and Sammy, Leah and Phil, right? I mean, uh, Rent Lachelle, all of our friends that have kids and their kids call me uncle phil and it's it's so much fun to get to spend time with them take trip take trips with them and just see them grow develop as friends develop as leaders um, of their family and so that has been one of the biggest joys of my life another fun thing and people frequently say this and that is you know if you're having a bad day or if you're in a bad mood do something for someone else and that was a very pivotal moment in my life. I had the opportunity to sit on a board for pediatric cancer and I was just having a bad day. I was having a bad day. We're just going to call it the way it was. I was having a bad day and I'm driving to this board meeting and it's at Children's um, Hospital here in Omaha, uh, which is one of the uh, nation's largest cancer research spots for pediatric or children's cancer. and. Uh, I, I'm driving there. I remember just I was having a tough day, didn't want to go, you know, had other things I probably should have done, but I was like, you committed to it, you're going to go. And so as I'm driving there, uh, I'm like, all right, you're going to have a great time and it's going to be impactful. And I, and I go walking in and there is probably a six or a seven year old kid, bald head from uh, going through chemo, cancer patient, and they just have the world's biggest smile on their face. And I just remember thinking to myself, dude, you are so selfish, right? <laughs> like you, you don't really have problems. Uh, that is a tough life situation. What you're going through is not a tough life situation. And that was one of the most day-to-day -day game changers for me. Because what I decided that day was you either have good days or you have great days. There are no bad days. And that was a principle that I kind of got in the power of moments, or I took away from the power of moments, the book. And hopefully, you know, you guys are hearing that as you listen to the episodes. But I, I remember just being like, Phil, in the grand scheme of all the things that could be going on in your life, these issues that you feel like you're dealing with are very insignificant uh, relative to what you could be going through. And so I think that's a big piece of our lives, right, is what is our perspective? Um, what are the things that we're challenged by? What are some of the things that we're currently doing um, that it seems like because I'm focused on myself, man, my life is really tough. Uh, but really, when we 
increase our scope and we see the impact of others, we say, life isn't that hard. Um, and so that's a challenge, you know, it's don't minimize what you're going through, right? Uh, we never want to bury things. We never want to live in a life of comparison saying, oh, well, my life's not hard because of this. Every issue we go through is significant. However, I think having perspective of what others could be going through can really be help us make us uh, thankful for what we get to go through relatively. Um, because at the end of the day, there's always someone that's in need more than us. There's always someone that can benefit more than us. And so that's just an encouragement uh, to anyone listening. Hey, you're going through tough times. If you need something, there's always someone to reach out to. Uh, but also if you're going through tough times, um, you know, there's always someone going through something tougher. And so we want to just continue to have perspective. And that was a game changing perspective for me. So uh, that kind of catches you up to about 2022. Uh, we're going to do one more probably in early 2024 to go through the 2023 year, um, just as there is a lot of like fun, exciting things that get to happen. And uh, we'll tee that up. So thanks so much for tuning in to part three. Um, I hope some of the information I've shared in my story is helpful uh, to where we've been able to get to and the things we're going to continue to accomplish. It's November. Do your annual planning. And I hope you have a great rest of your day.